Hi, my name is Maya, and welcome to Spoilers Ahead, a new BNC podcast series where I talk about some of my favorite, or least favorite, shows, movies, and more. To start off today's episode, I will be talking about one of my most highly anticipated sequels, Train to Busan Presents Peninsula, that fell a bit short of my expectations. I hate to seem like I'm starting off this series on a negative note, but I feel so passionate about this because of how Train to Busan had quickly solidified itself as one of my favorite zombie movies of all time. And as the title suggests, there will be spoilers ahead for both Train to Busan and Peninsula, so I suggest watching those two movies, or at least Train to Busan, before listening. Now, I've normally been a fan of zombie and post-apocalyptic movies, but Train to Busan just exceeded my expectations, and I'll also admit it's one of the few movies that I've cried at. My love for the movie is ultimately what made Peninsula somewhat of a disappointment for me. Back to the point of me crying, (laughs) although I admit I teared up a bit at Peninsula, it felt like I was getting sad for the wrong reason. For Train to Busan, by the end, when the father sacrificed his life for his daughter and the pregnant woman after being bitten by that evil businessman, I cried. The movie seemed to build up the characters and their stories enough to give me a reason to feel for them, to care about them and their stories, and imagine what could have been had things turned out differently. And it made me take into account what had happened earlier in the movie and the complexities of the relationships that were developed. I imagined that this experience could have made the father appreciate his daughter and his life more. Whereas, the ending of Peninsula was just sad. When the grandfather got shot and died, it was simply sad. Not because I was attached to his character or his grandchildren's character, but I think that's an overarching thing that paralyzes the film for me. Train to Busan gave a nice backstory. But in Peninsula, I felt forced to root for the protagonists because they're simply centered as the heroes, not due to their characterization that makes me want to see them win. The closest coherent emotional arc was Jung Sook's redemption arc that felt spawned out of narrative convenience just because of his festering sense of guilt that the people that he met on the peninsula were those that he ignored pleading for their lives in the beginning of the movie. Peninsula lacked a similar dark atmosphere of Train to Busan, and while the acting was good, it really failed to hit me emotionally. The emotional parts seemed over-excessive and like pathos dumps at the end, so I had to feel sorry for uninteresting characters that I barely got to know, care about, or understand their multi-dimensional personalities or backstories. At times, characters were so underdeveloped that I could not care to the point where dramatic scenes felt overwhelming. Peninsula had a really interesting world-building potential and concept. Rather than dealing with a fresh outbreak, it's now life after four years of a complete zombie takeover of South Korea, and the heist angle to retrieve trucks full of money seemed promising, but in practice it was lackluster. The physical zombie performance was also something different in the movie. The zombies felt like harmless CGI placeholders. There was no human to dehumanizing aspect that there was in Train to Busan where we had to watch characters we grew to be fond of and root for turn in front of our own eyes. The zombie acting in Train to Busan in general was incredible, and in Peninsula there were very few real zombie scenes that we got to witness, only zombies that were highly athletic and gymnastic types. It was nothing particularly scary for me. Which brings me to another thing that I noticed that changed my enjoyment. Not only were the zombies distant and impersonal compared to Train to Busan, maybe for plot convenience, but it was fun watching in Train to Busan 
the characters thinking of creative ways to survive. In the scene where they climbed on top of the suitcase ledge, where they wrapped tape around their arms to avoid being bitten, when the baseball players used their bats to fight, the unturned trying to protect their car, by tying their shirts together to lock the door, the newspaper covering the glass so the zombies couldn't see them, planning for tunnels, the moments in darkness where they could move, waiting it out in the bathroom. It was really fun to think along with the characters. In Peninsula, a lot of the things seem handed to the characters like guns and cars, and they either used them, in my opinion, improperly, like in the big car chase at the end where Jung-suk was shooting the lights of the cars of those in Unit 631 instead of their tires, or people not even using their guns at all. The movie lacked good close combat between humans and zombies, and the zombie fight club of Unit 631, while it was unique and an interesting addition to the movie, it was just a bunch of captives running around and pushing each other. Side note, I feel like somebody could have attempted to climb the fence surrounding them. I mean, I guess one of the men in the unit could have shot them or pried their fingers from the fence or injured them, but it would have been nice to see if it was worth a shot. But I will say, the glass building filled with zombies and the zombie rat king in the fight club aspects were pretty cool, and the cinematography around them serves as a focal point of the movie in my opinion. Aside from the sacrificial foreshadowing with the grandfather, it was really hard to get an emotional attachment to the characters when it feels set up so that you can't really expect anything bad to happen to them. They suffered from disaster movie character syndrome where you know they most likely will live for a happy ending. Overall, this movie leaned towards an action and a thriller at best than horror and I feel like the marketing as a soft sequel to Train to Busan was a setup. I would have received it better personally if it was marketed as a standalone movie, because the moment you put it up against its predecessor, it falls flat. But then again, I'm not even sure if I would have been drawn to the movie without its connection to Train to Busan, because of the tone set from that movie that I thought it would be something different than a generic action slash disaster film. All in all, it's just a different kind of movie. I didn't get as much clear emotional and social commentary as Train to Busan, but the family theme is something that may remain consistent. But the non-stop action is kind of distracting from characters, both protagonist and antagonist's development, or any type of suspense or mystery. It was watchable and entertaining. Most likely, if, you were f if you're a big fan of Train to Busan like I am, and really were looking forward to a continuation of the franchise and want to know what happened to the pregnant woman and the little girl, then this is probably not what you were looking for. But if it's your speed and you want to enjoy the spectacle of it all, I would definitely check it out. But for what score I would give this movie? I find doing stars or numbers difficult, so for today, I will give you a scenario. If I did care how boring life gets, and the virus risk of using drama cool were lower, and I were to go out of my way to rewatch this movie first, it would most likely end up being background noise for me playing solitaire. What are your thoughts? Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time for another review.